The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Online now we have James Taylor, the Associate Editor of the Surf Coast Times. James, good morning. Good morning, Mitchell. I'm surprised you haven't packed up the studio and raced off to Flemington. I understand there are still, there are still tickets for the Melbourne Cup available. Just about to. Uh, just wait until 11 o'clock. Do you have a pick for the race today? No, I don't. I'm I'm not very good at picking horse races. I mean, I love I, I, I love the social occasion because I'm a social animal, as all journalists are, I suppose. Yes. Um, but uh, I'm no good at I'm no good at picking racing talent. So all, so I would de- I wouldn't even want to I wouldn't even want to start with a prediction <laughs> about um, about how it's um about how it's going to unfold today. But I'm sure for, for those for those for those lucky few that get to go today, and for everyone else that's listening to the re- listening to the radio or watching on the TV, um, I hope that their horses win. Um. What's it been like down there on the surf coast over the weekend? Because as we've been saying right throughout the morning, the first weekend where people from Melbourne could come down, a lot of nervous Geelong people showing me photos of the highway coming down towards Geelong. I was one of the few going in the other direction because I was really happy about being able to go to Metro Melbourne. But um, what was it like? Yeah, I I, uh, I I noticed your post from uh, from a Federation Square, uh, which is a, which is a, which is a good way to sort of to sort of talk about sort of cultural hubs of Melbourne. The Federation Square is right right up there on the list. Um, I actually I, I was actually in Melbourne myself on on, on Sunday visiting visiting my, uh, visiting my visiting my brother-in-law and my new and my new nephew. But um, traffic on the way up on on, on the way to and from Melbourne was actually pretty light. Um, I, I think everyone that was everyone that was that needed to sort of that was had itching to get anywhere where they needed to get had already gone because I know the police said, "Well, we're going to exercise some discretion when it comes to when it comes to the six six pm barrier." Yes, um, and, and then I heard a traffic report that afternoon. I think it might have been on the ABC saying, "Well, if you are planning on leaving the city, make sure you leave early to avoid the traffic," which is which is basically carte blanche to get out of the city early. So I imagine the police might have just. Quietly whistled and looked the other way from maybe know, <laughs> three o'clock, three o'clock Friday afternoon, and just not necessarily wave people through, but not try to not try terribly hard. You might say exercise discretion yeah. uh, in on, on Friday afternoon, and so I think everyone that everyone that might have necessarily wanted to come charging down the coast uh, pro- probably did that on on early Friday afternoon, if if not waiting for up to six pm. From all reports of what I've heard down here. Um, it was just another weekend, not enormous. I mean, apparently there were there was there, was, there, was, there were periods of time. I, I hear Sunday. I hear um, Anglesey on Sunday was pretty busy, um, but in terms of talking, it wasn't it wasn't sort of rapidly approaching uh, anything anything like sort of the Christmas uh, the uh, Christmas or New Year or Easter peak. I think uh, perhaps people were just a little bit a little bit sensible about it, and maybe they just maybe they sort of staggered their runs or they or they're planning on things later. I know I've got I've got my brother and his and his wife and my and my niece coming down from Melbourne to have lunch at my uh, have dinner at my uh, at my sister's place on Friday night. So they live in they live in Melbourne, they're in Coburg. Uh, so it'll be great to see them for the first time in a very long time. Um, but perhaps everyone's being more gradual about this, this, this stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think some people will be wanting to get out there, like I was uh, right there yeah. in Federation Square at the earliest possible time. But other people yeah. have been more cautious and wanting to stay at home. And we even saw that with mask wearing uh, from 6 o'clock Friday. I was that's walking right. through Melbourne and most people still yeah. had their masks on outside. Yeah, that's probably especially one of those situations, I guess, if, if you're just so used to wearing the mask, if you're going into stores and having to put the mask on, coming out of the stores, you, you can take the mask off, walk a few walk a few metres and then have to put the mask back on. You might just think, well, if I'm going to have to keep taking on the mask and putting on, taking off the mask, and if I'm going to be around people that have to have the mask on all the time anyway, because, because, because it's impossible to social distance, well, they might as well just leave it on. And that's probably going to be the case for a while, to be honest, until, until things sort of really, really ease up and really open up. I mean, once we get to that, once we get to that 95% uh, target, I understand the, I understand the circuit 
interest is already there at the at, at the 95% double vax target, which is fantastic. I think I think Geelong is is not far behind it. I think statewide we're at about 81%, maybe maybe 82. Obviously. Yeah, that sounds about right. I know Geelong's past yeah. 90, and Surf Coast is way yeah. ahead. Yes, yes. Yeah, so obviously, obviously, small, small and conscientious populations will, will, will certainly do that. I think we're a long way behind the borough of Queensland, though. I think they, they hit, they hit eighty percent. I think in in in, in mid September. Yeah, <laughs> it would just been. I mean, it would, be, it would surprise me immensely to find anyone in the borough of Queensland who wasn't vaccinated yet. There must be a, it must be a vanishingly small um, number of people. But yeah, I mean, I still find myself coming out of a coming out of a store and walking into the open air and coming back to coming all the way back to the car and only realizing once I'm back in the car that I've had my mask on the whole time. I've just been I'm just I'm just used to the thing. Yeah. So it'll take me it'll take me a while to get out of the habit of, um, of actually wearing a mask outside. It was certainly very nice to go for a walk around um, walk around Bo Morris on Sunday without a mask on and just enjoy the sunshine and the weather's fantastic today. So I'm sure will, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people in Geelong and the Surf Coast uh, and the Bellarine doing that exactly. Now, how did the Surf Coast fare following those incredible storms? I know that parts of the Bellarine had power outages, but I think there was also parts of Anglesey that were affected by power outages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand the SCS had a pretty had, had a pretty busy time. I think um, I think um, Ocean Grove was the winner in, in the immediate aftermath in terms of the sheer number of calls and requests, um, and Torquay was and Torquay was right behind it. Um, and we're talking sort of things like power outages and and, and building damages and and um, uh, I think I think I think a couple of instances of flooding as well. Um, but I think I, I think those are in the minority. But but for the most part, I don't think there was anything enormous and dramatic. There certainly weren't any like enormous trees going all the way through a house, as far as I know. Um, and I'm sure there was a and I'm sure there was a bit of mess scattered around. I mean, I know that just from talking to people I know around around my around my neighbourhood in Hyden, that people had people had sort of debris thrown or, thrown around all over the place. Um, but I think for the most part, it was certainly it was certainly very unpleasant, and it scared the hell out of my dog because the dogs the dogs don't like thunderstorms. Um, but for the most part, I think it was I think it was um, it was okay. I know I know there the, were the, the traffic lights out for a while right along the Surf Coast Highway, which made driving to and from Torquay mm. um, a bit of a, a bit tricky on the morning after. But that was all sorted sorted out by by just before lunchtime. So um, uh, you have to give credit to all the to all the uh, to Power Corps and all the and all the responsible authorities, and also and also to the immense work of the SES crew. Who would have been? <laughs> this is the, these are the days they train for, and maybe maybe not necessarily live for, but it, it, these are definitely days where we fully appreciate uh, the volunteers in Orange rocking up and and um, pulling a tree out of your house. It was amazing to see so many trees with really big roots, which suggested they'd been around yeah. for a very long time and they were out of That's the right. ground. So they must have survived many storms up until this point, and then this was the one that really pushed it over the edge. So it was a pretty significant event in that respect. Absolutely. I, from, from, from what I hear from, I was speaking to someone from the Bureau of Meteorology, and they were, and they were telling me that um, I think um, there were there were wind, there were very high wind gusts up on the hills, and so up up in the Otways, which is which is which is not surprising because that's where the wind often is. But I think Aries Inlet had record wind gusts for October of something approaching 120 k's an hour. Wow, which is which is pretty which is pretty impressive, and that's a, that, that sort of force does break things. Yeah. Um, will we be seeing some photos of the storms in the paper coming up this week? Uh, possibly, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. We're still sort of finalising coverage. I think. I think we're also sort of still, still finalising coverage about Halloween as well. And obviously, that was a not as not as dramatic an occasion as as a as an enormous thunderstorm that goes that battered a few a few houses and knocked out a whole lot of power. Um, but um, I think we put out a call on social media for people to send in their uh, to send in their Halloween pics, and I think we've got a few. So I think we're still deciding what to do with those just yet. And what actually happened on Halloween? It's not something I really follow, but good luck if people yeah. want to get out there and have a bit of fun. But I know the premier was talking about a click and collect Halloween. He described it as is that what tended to happen? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could call it a drive-by Halloween if you like. Essentially, essentially, put a basket of parcel of goodies at, at, at the front of your house, um, and just and just and just rely on the and just rely on the honor system. Really, <laughs> for the first kid that doesn't come along, um, just doesn't scarf a whole lot. I, I know my sister did did something similar, and they, I think I, I think I think her her stash of her stash of goodies got got wiped out in the first thirty minutes. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it wouldn't surprise me if the, if the kids of the world are all coordinated their efforts on WhatsApp or some other some other kind of <laughs> messaging platform to say, hey, there's a really good there's a really good hall down at the end of this street. Let's all get down there. Come on, come on, come on. And they just all they all travel in a massive pack and they just all wipe it out before everyone else can get there. But that's that's a cynical view coming from a cynical journalist. So 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 so, so that might not actually be true. Um, something to leave us with what's coming up in the paper this week. Yeah, I had, a, I had a fascinating conversation, uh, 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 running a fascinating story uh, about a uh, about a with a with a Geelong musician called Johnny Galvatron, who's a frontman of the Galvatrons. So the, the, the Geelong music fans might be aware of the Galvatrons, they're a rock and roll band from a little way back. Um, who decided he, he didn't really want to be in a rock and roll band anymore, and decided to um, he thought of it. He, he basically took some time off, wrote a novel, didn't show it to anybody, and then um, and then made a video game called The Artful Escape, which came out about two months ago and is uh, and, uh, released on PC and Xbox and Xbox Series S and X, for those of you that have the, have the, have the platform in your house. And it's been getting very good reviews. It looks fantastic. Um, and it's and he's doing really well. Really interesting to sort of see, see the creative... Uh, the uh, creative pursuits that, that people, the people here in Toronto, the Bella and the Surf Coast, are putting themselves towards. And I know this. And I, I certainly did. I certainly have done, and will continue to do a lot of gaming during these during these lockdown towns. Mm. So, um, so I guess some people, some people started podcasts. Some people, uh, some people did sourdough baking, and some people made video games. Now, we are a very creative bunch down here. There's no doubt. We really are. Well, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Thank you, James Taylor, there, the associate editor of the Surf Coast Times. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.